Welcome to The Craft, a podcast that shares stories about writing and the writer's spirit. I'm your host, Sumaya Osmani, an author who found belonging from the courtroom to the craft. Join me as I navigate this craft of writing with chats on practical challenges and nurturing the creative spirit. This is The Craft. Welcome back to The Craft. Now, I've been on a little bit of a break from The Craft because the end of this year really needed a lot of my attention. So this year has been a whirlwind for me, from turning 50 at the beginning of the year to going back to university this autumn. I have really learned more than ever that life is truly about embracing the changes at any time. And when you feel that real shift in the course of your life, you need to embrace it. And really that it's never too late to make those changes. So as we come to the end of this year, I just really wanted to sit with you and just talk about some of the lessons I learned this year and with the hope that maybe it inspires you in some small way to make changes that you've been yearning to make. So one of the things I never thought I would ever do is go back to academia. I had a terrible time at school and university growing up because I think I spent so much time trying to please other people and trying to go by what works for other people that works for me. I didn't listen to my interior voice, my inner voice, calling out, yearning to do something creative. Now, I look back sometimes and, you know, one thing that I've learned about being 50 is that you do sit down and reflect quite a bit. One of one of the perils of being 50 is that you actually do sit and think about what you've done in the last 50 years. And one of the things that really came to light for me was that if I am really honest with myself and I look back to when I was young and teenager, I really sought out creativity. I thought I would be good at art and I was always doing different craft projects. I was always being entrepreneurial with them. I became quite obsessed with them sometimes and, and um, you know, it would just be something that wasn't academic or really the subjects I didn't want to study. And I say that because I think I am academic, just academic for the right reasons. So the one of the things that really came to light this year for me was that I have spent the last 10 years trying to build a career in writing. And it began with writing about food and memories and recipes and became something bigger bigger than I thought I was capable of achieving, which was to write more and really explore creative writing. And for some reason, I came upon this idea of doing my master's in creative writing, which, you know, looking back, I would have never thought as a degree. But somehow things and opportunities come into your lap for a reason, because they're meant to be, they're calling out to you, and they're meant to be the right path. And this is one of the first lessons I learned to grab opportunities and ideas as they land on your lap and they feel right. And if I look back and think about the times that things didn't feel right and I did them, I could count a lot more of those on my hands than I could the ones that I didn't take, for example, doing something creative 25 years ago. But what I have learned is it's never too late. It's never worth looking back at what you should have done, but it's more important about what you can do right now. And it all comes down to being present. 
And that takes me to the next thing that I've really learned this year. I began this year with meditating twice a day. Now, I had always meditated, like at least once every now and then, but never consistently, like never the first thing I woke up before I spoke to anybody or before I had my first cup of coffee and before I go to sleep when I'm lying in bed instead of looking at my phone, just meditating 15 minutes and letting myself go to sleep. I began this by, you know, listening to an app that I really like called Inside Timer and some really wonderful meditation teachers on there that I liked following and I liked their style. And I just got hooked onto it. And I began to really follow a regime where I'm doing it every morning and every evening. Now, this ties into something else that happened to me this year. And that is that after years and years of struggling with concentration, with focus, with organization, with relationship issues, with financial issues that I thought were just part of who I was, I realized how much of it was affecting my mental health, uh, my ability to really function as a human and as, as a creative. And it was only when I realized that I possibly have the condition ADHD that I really, you know, because there's been so much talk about it, I think a lot since COVID and a lot more people are talking about it on social media. And I'm sure many people relate to it in some way, but there's a difference between having ADHD and just being a human being that, you know, has certain issues with concentration and focus. Now, I'm no expert in ADHD, but I was uh, able to get a diagnosis through through the NHS here as well as privately. And both of them showed that I had a very severe inattentive ADHD. And this explains so much about my life. And I don't want to make this podcast about my ADHD. But what I do want to say is that a lot of the reasons why I did what I did and who I was was because of my ADHD. And I've learned that if anything, the diagnosis has given me the ability to forgive myself for the mistakes I made, because I know now that my mind works differently. There are attributes in there too, because of having ADHD, I have a highly creative mind and I can really hyper-focus when I need to. This does lead me to burning out, but knowing now what my limitations are, I've spent this year getting coaching and working on understanding and reading and learning more about my ADHD and that's really helped me bring myself to this place where I feel like I can trust myself. Now, I've completely gone off the topic, classic ADHD style. <laughs> so I'll bring back to the other lessons I really learned. And through the ADHD thing was to really learn to forgive myself, to give myself space. And I encourage you to do that, whether you have a condition or you don't. We as creatives, as writers, don't forgive ourselves when we make mistakes. And we always push ourselves to do things that maybe aren't right for us. And that's one of the lessons I've really learned is to take that step back and do the things you need to. And it will bring me fine. Finally, to the one thing that I would really recommend in the end today, uh, and it'll, I'll come back to that in a second. Now, the other thing that I really want to say is that the great opportunity that I've had because of going back to university this year is that I've had the opportunity to make friends of all ages. A while ago, I read a really interesting article about the power and magic in intergenerational friendships. Now, I 
really didn't have much access to people other than people my age and that also dwindling as my child finishes you know high school and I don't meet that many parents anymore in school and the few friends I have are you know a handful of friends because I didn't grow up here in Scotland so I just have new friends that I've made through my writing and my food and otherwise and they were all sort of my age and you know it was always a little bit different to having younger friends and and i think that this course has allowed me to meet people half my age which you know could be quite intimidating for some um feeling like you might not have much in common but i found such life in that you know such joy in talking to people who are younger than me exchanging ideas getting the effervescence you know their their sort of naivety sometimes is so refreshing because it makes you realize that life is all about stages and those stages are so magical and we don't appreciate them when they're happening. And one of those beautiful phases is turning 50 or turning an age where you're a little bit considered to be an adult or other people with ageism issues might say old, but I really don't believe in that because I really think you are the age you feel and think and want to believe you are. And I really think that is one of the things that wasting time on feeling less then who you are because of your age can be very limiting and meeting younger people allows you to feel alive again, to converse, to talk with a different perspective. And it's not about feeling young because you're hanging out with younger people. It's about talking to other people with different perspectives and that allows you to think differently and to also value your lessons. And I'll bring you to another lesson that I really learned. And, you know, it was one that I've learned over the years, but it's been pretty enhanced this year. And that is like not wasting time feeling less, but then instead looking at the value you add to the world and become single-minded about that goal. You know, the value that you're made for, you're here to fulfill that purpose. And for me, it is you know, bringing myself into this academic world. And as I said earlier, I was never an academic person growing up. But being here in a place where I am thriving because of the nurturing space that I'm in, the university I'm in, but also it is the discipline I'm studying. It allows me and it allows my mind, the kind of mind that I have, to really flourish because there's no limitation and creativity means going with it. Anything, any experimental work is beautiful. And that gives me the freedom to be myself. And for everyone, that's different. You know, some people like structure, some people like formulas, but I can't function like that. And it's about accepting who you are, what value you add to the world and becoming single-minded about exploring it to the best of its ability. So don't waste time feeling less or comparing yourself. And I know a lot of people say that, but what I really want to encourage you to is that Focus on the things that you're good at. Don't focus on the things you can't be good at or don't have time to be good at because they don't come naturally to you or they don't inspire you as much. I think the single-minded thing that I'm talking about is focusing on what truly gives you joy. And for me, I realized it was about helping other people, inspiring other people to write, inspiring other people to explore their creativity. And this is why in the space where I am right now, I decided I wanted to stay in academia and I actually applied for my PhD and I am going to be doing my PhD in creative writing 
in 2024, right after I finished my master's. So, you know, it's just taken me from somebody 25 years ago who would shudder at the thought of academia is now going to be studying further. So really, it's about me really going on that path because I really want to help other people achieve the dreams that I had. And I'm slowly fulfilling my dreams and I, I have many more books to write, but I really want to give as well. And then one of those things that I think I'm going to come back to, and I said I would come back to, is about embracing change with, not with anxiety, but with audacity. And I want to leave you with that feeling because anxiety is a real thing. And honestly, with my condition, anxiety is a daily thing. You know, I, I might appear as if I have it all together, but honestly, I sometimes I'm shattering inside most of the time because so many things give me anxiety. And as I've grown older, I've realized my anxieties have become higher. And, you know, one of the things obviously always is financial and me wanting to have a more creative and fluid life with my finances has it does allow for a lot of anxiety because there's no predictability with it and one thing I realized that the only way to grab it by its horn is by being audacious by taking the chances by pushing yourself further to create more to support more yourself and others so this is what I'm going to leave you with and really say that don't be afraid of your inspirations, of trusting your intuition, of truly believing in the insight that your inner voice gives you. So as the year ends, I want to share that come to what you're made here to do, your creative path, and embrace it. Now, I look at myself from food to freedom to culinary writing to creative writing, and I truly say that if I can do it, anybody can. Uh, I have struggled so many with so many different challenges, and if I can do it, it's really just about mindset. So as I look ahead to 2024, I'm really excited because it's going to be a great year, but I'm really also anxious because it's going to be a lot of changes. There's some big personal changes coming in my life and I'm trying not to let them get me down. I'm trying to let them really find some kind of positivity that will come from it. And as I come to the next year, I want to talk to you a little bit about how I'm here to support your writing and how the new things that are coming within my with, within my business that I would love to share with you. So, of course, the most easiest way to work with me uh, is through Wordsmith, which is my 21-day email and audio course that helps you find your writer's voice within 21 days. And it sends you emails with voice notes. It's a very gentle way of just having a little bit of me in your inbox for 21 days that'll help you find your writer's voice. And that's open all year round and any time for you to join. You can also gift it to somebody to start the year off with writing. Of course, there is my membership, Kissa, which is all about um, a space for uh, writing, for ri writing progression and community. And inside my new model of a membership is going to be live coaching. So there'll be like live write. Co every month we have a theme about writing and then we work with it with the community. There's tasks for you to do every month. It's also a lovely community to uh, do online hourly writing, sort of an hour of writing quietly with prompts every month. 
And there's also access to my book proposal course, which is only available to members within the membership. And I don't, I no longer sell it outside. So that's there as well. And finally, the big one coming next year is going to be around springtime and the waitlist is in the links below. And that is my new course called Memories to Manuscript. And it's all about writing either a culinary memoir or a, a, a memoir about emotions or feelings or, or anything you have. So it's basically about writing a memoir. So taking your memories, crafting your memories into your first manuscript for your memoir for maybe 2024, where you might pitch it. So that's all I have in store for you in the new year. I really wish you a wonderful end of the year, uh, whatever you may be celebrating. And even if it is a difficult time for you, I wish you love and support and a lot of comfort. Make sure you enjoy it with something delicious and with the ones that you love. So until 2024, I wish you a wonderful festive end of year and I'll see you here in the craft next year. Thank you for listening to The Craft with me, Sumaya. If you'd love to learn more about me, my website is sumayaosmani.com and while you're there, check out Kissa, my writing membership, where you can find flow and flourish as a writer. Inside Kissa is a thriving community of inspiring writers, monthly writing hours, and nourishing and nurturing chapters to see you grow each month and find your true potential as a writer. Doors to Kissa open four times a year, so if you join the waitlist, you'll be the first to know when the doors open. The link is in the notes below. You can also follow me on Instagram at Sumaya Osmani and send me a message to let me know if you enjoyed this podcast. So, until the next episode of The Craft, stay curious.